Awesome. Well, good morning, everybody. This uh, feels slightly unusual. I don't know if, you, if any of you are friends with me on Facebook. Last night, you saw me asking, should I drum in a shirt or should I preach in shorts? And for me, there was only ever one answer. Um, but um, yeah, it did make me laugh. You'll be pleased to hear that I haven't gone topless as some of the suggestions uh, suggested I did do. Um, it's been a long time since I've drummed. It was fun to drum today. Thank you, uh, Ali, for asking me last week. Uh, I think I'm the only drummer in the church now. If you're in the church and you are a secret drummer, do let us know. We'd love to, uh, love to have you serving. As you've seen from me today, you don't have to be an expert. Uh, but uh, it's, it's good to have the drums. I love, uh, I love Psalm 150, you know, praise the Lord with the sound of crashing cymbals. And, um, and so, so as we look at 1 Corinthians 13, and it talks about people doing things without love being like uh, clanging cymbals, I, that resonates with me because I know the sound of a cymbal when you hit it wrong and it doesn't sound right. And I know the sound of a cymbal when you hit it sweetly and it sounds absolutely brilliant. Um, so anyway, we're carrying on with 1 Corinthians 13 today. We're taking 11 weeks going through this. Um, I loved having Brian share with us last week. I'm looking forward to all of the contributors uh, that we've got uh, in this series. And I split this chapter down into 11 weeks, and we're looking at things from phrases. Today we're looking at, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, uh, but have not love, I am nothing. Uh, so it's just a phrase, and sometimes we're looking at verses, sometimes we're looking at whole paragraphs of this. Um, and all of the messages that we're looking at in this series, are re- they really work. They're good, they're good places to focus a message, except for what we did last week and what we did this week, when... Perhaps they should have been just one message, Uh, but I split them up into last week, Brian's brief was, I'd like you to speak on love and spiritual gifts, and this week it turned out to be me, I didn't know it was going to be uh, me, I want you to speak on love and faith, but really they probably should have been one. You know, the the and at the beginning of verse 2 says that these verses are linked, and the and before the and if I have faith, all faith, so as to remove mountains, What we've got here today, when we're looking at faith, is not saving faith. It's not not even faith, you know, meaning believing something. It's it's faith in action. It's faith to do something. It's faith to believe that mountains will be removed before us. So we're looking at the spiritual gift of faith. So this isn't about whether we've got lots of faith or a little bit of faith, although we know that that some of us do have more faith than others. You know, the centurion uh, amazed Jesus with his faith. He said he hadn't seen so much faith in all of Israel. We know that we do have varying degrees of faith, but that isn't what this is about today. This is about the spiritual gift of faith that believes that even mountains can be removed and that acts believing that mountains will be removed. So... And it's clear from chapter 12 that that faith is a spiritual gift. You know, chapter 12, and I'll be reading a bit of it later, lists some spiritual gifts, and faith is one of them. And as I say, faith in these first two verses in 1 Corinthians 13 is rounding off a list of of spiritual gifts. We've talked about prophetic words. We've talked about uh, speaking in the tongues of men and angels. This this is a spiritual gift. And I don't know if I have a, a point for you today, so much as an encouragement that we would be a people who actively seek God for the spiritual gift of faith. 
that we ask him for the spiritual gift of faith to believe that mountains would be removed before us. And that's for us as a congregation, that the mountains that are before us as a congregation would be removed, that we'd be able to step into things that mountains kind of stand in the way of, and that you in your lives, if you have anything, where it feels like there is a mountain in front of you, there, there is something that is beyond your control, beyond your ability to, uh, to, to bring change, if there is something in your life that is beyond your control, that is a mountain in your life, that, that you would receive today and that you would ongoingly, actively seek the spiritual gift of faith so that mountains are removed. A few quick, uh, simple points though. Firstly, these mountains are metaphorical. None of us should be holding up at Everest Base Camp, throwing it into the sea. They are metaphorical mountains. These are the giants in the land that Joseph and I were speaking on uh, in January. They, as I say, are whatever is in your life, whatever is in our life as a congregation. And as I say, I've said it already, but faith in today is not saving faith. It's faith to believe that something will change. It's faith to act and to believe that something will change. It's also important to say that faith is not, faith itself is not a disembodied force. It's not even really a thing. It, it doesn't matter so much how big or small our faith is, only that we have faith. And it doesn't necessarily matter that we have faith if our faith isn't in the right thing. You know, I can believe in something that is powerless, that is impotent to bring about change. My faith would be futile if I did that. But to believe in Jesus, to have faith in Jesus, is what matters, doesn't it? And if your faith is small or is large, it doesn't matter if your faith is in Jesus. In Matthew 17, it says this, For I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you'll be able to say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will happen, and nothing will be impossible for you. If your faith is the size of a grain of a mustard seed, you will be able to move mountains metaphorical ones. And again in John 10, Jesus talking to the woman at the well, he, he asked her to pour her a drink and, and she is, is surprised and he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it was who asked you to draw him a drink, you would have asked me and I would have given you eternal life. He's saying, if you knew who it was, if you knew me, you know, so not just having faith, but having faith in Jesus is what matters. So it's not the size of our faith that matters. And then lastly, before I really get into today, 1 Corinthians 13 isn't pitting love against spiritual gifts, of which faith is one, okay? It's not like we've got to major on love and minor on pursuing spiritual gifts. We are to major on both, but if we're going to get one wrong, let's make sure that we never get the loving one another bit wrong. You know, if, we, if we're going to make a mistake, let's make a mistake in the way that we pursue spiritual gifts. Let's make a mistake in the way that we use them. Let's not make a mistake in loving one another. And because 1 Corinthians chapter 13, believe it or not, is sandwiched in between chapter 12 and chapter 14. And chapter 12 ends by saying this, but earnestly desire the higher gifts and I will show you a still more excellent way. And then we have chapter 13 that we're looking at, all about love. But then chapter 14 begins like this. Pursue love 
and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So we really mustn't read uh, these first two verses of 1 Corinthians 13 and think that we mustn't pursue spiritual gifts. We, we are clearly instructed to pursue spiritual gifts, to exercise spiritual gifts. Today I'm looking at the spiritual gift of faith, that we should be actively pursuing them in our own lives, you know, for ourselves in our devotional time, we should be, we should be seeking to grow in hearing from God, uh, you know, for ourselves of receiving spiritual gifts of faith, to believe things, to believe that we will see mountains removed. We should be pursuing these things. But this is difficult for us as a body at the moment. And this is difficult for me as your church leader. Because I'm calling us to something that seems a bit crazy. Or, or the timing of it, perhaps, seems a bit crazy. I'm calling us to pursue becoming one church with Beulah Family Church. And that is a difficult task. I, I said to you um, earlier in the year that I wanted to bring an, uh, a decision to you uh, around Easter. I'm not able to do that. You know, my, my update is that we continue to journey. Uh, and I want to encourage you that it is, it is okay that it is taking this long. It's okay that there is delay. It is okay that there is difficulty. Those things reflect how difficult uh, and how big and how God-sized the goal, what we're trying to do with Beulah Family Church is. If it were easy, we would have done it already. If I had presented an easier option to you, you all might have said yes straight away. But here's the thing. And, well, no, I, I don't want to put words into anyone's mouth. But there was a sense in the family meeting that we all had in January, and there was a sense as I journeyed some of the life groups, because some life groups were just like, this is great, let's go for it. Um, but there was a sense in some of the life groups that for me to bring this decision or, or this, this sort of this idea to us now lacked love for you, lacked love for Croydon Jubilee Church, lacked an appreciation of the needs within the congregation right now. And as much as I know my own heart, and none of us truly do, do we? As much as I know my own heart, this decision doesn't come from a lack of love for us. It comes from a longing of the love that we've received to land on people who don't know Jesus yet. And I've, I've never felt that more keenly than I have these days. Because this year's been tough, hasn't it? This year's been tough. You know, there have been times this year when, when I have struggled. You know, there have been times this year where my marriage with Cheryl has been put under strain because of the pressures of this year, where my relationships with my children has been strained because of the pressures of this year. Relationships within the church are strained, are weakened, are loosened by the pressures of this year, by not being able to be together. It's been a difficult year. And we know God. You know, we have access to peace that surpasses all understanding. You know, we know the God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those with the comfort we've been given. I've lost track of where I am. Yeah. 
I want you to know, Croydon Jubilee Church, I am always, as long as I am, you know, the lead elder of Croydon Jubilee Church, I'm always going to call us to do things that are bigger than our ability to do them ourselves. You know, that is the God that we follow, isn't it? If we could do it in our own strength, Jesus needn't have come. But we can't do it in our own strength. We can't do it without him. And so Jesus came. And so we receive him by faith. We live by faith. And sometimes, and and it should be a pattern, we have to do things that we can only do by faith. God, if you do not step in here, we are wasting our time. I think, that, I think this exploration to become one church with Beulah Family Church is one of those things. God, if you're not in this, if you don't come through here, we are wasting our time. And it may seem like that because of the delay, because of the difficulty. We're not. This is, this is something that's worth fighting for. This is something that's worth persevering for because as one church comes together... How much more will we glorify God? How much better, I believe, will we be positioned to uh, reach out in partnership with people who currently are in Thornton Heath and in Forestdale? It's an exciting prospect. I believe that if we do it, not only will it bring praise to God in the doing, but also that we will be able to do more. But here's the thing that I've been thinking about recently that I hadn't appreciated before is that it's it's possible that that is a spiritual gift of faith it's possible that seeing that can it's possible that you can only see that you can only see beyond the mountains of bringing two congregations together it's possible that you can only see past the mountain of we have so many pastoral needs within our congregation how can we possibly consider coming together it's possible that To believe that, to see that, is perhaps because of receiving a spiritual gift of faith. I'm not sure. (laughs) It might not be. It it could be just that, actually, Neil, yes, we understand theoretically it's possible, but I don't think you've got the skill to lead us through it. I don't think all of these things are quite right, you know. Um, That's okay. That's okay. But it, of course, is theoretically possible that we could. And so, uh, so I want to encourage you today to seek God for the spiritual gift of faith. Because I, I will have as much luck persuading you to embrace this decision if you have reservations about it as I would have shouting at someone to just speak in tongues already if they never have before. You know, that, that's not going to happen, is it? If this is a spiritual gift of faith. Anyway, that, that is all I'm going to say about coming together with Beulah Family Church today. Um, my, my, as I say, my hope today is that I persuade you to desire to seek God for the spiritual gift of faith, faith that moves mountains, faith so that things are dealt with and we can step into new things, we can have that prayer answered that we can't that you know it is beyond our ability to do it there is nothing that we can do to change this situation and so god we need you to move and 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 what i'm seeing in this verse today that is that spirit uh, the spiritual gift of faith not only allows us to believe something but it actively moves the mountains it actively changes situations 
So, what I want to do in the remainder of this sermon is, is a slightly uh, strange thing. I'm not necessarily going to be preaching on uh, this verse today. What I want to do now is I want to take you through uh, a two-step process that I go through with people who uh, want to receive spiritual gifts. This is usually when someone wants to speak in tongues for the first time or if someone wants to prophesy for the first time and I try to help them to, uh, to realize, to have confidence that God still wants us to pursue these things today and here's why we can. And so I want to take you to a couple of passages uh, in order to encourage you that today and after today that you really can pursue God for a spiritual gift of faith for situations in your life and in our life and perhaps even in the lives of others that mountains will be removed, that situations that are beyond our control will be changed uh, and that we will be able to see breakthrough. So the first passage that I want to take you through today is 1 Corinthians 12 verses 4 to 11 and it says this, okay, there are varieties of gifts but the same spirit and there are varieties of service but the same Lord and there are varieties of activities but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now I'm doing a whistle-stop tour with you. Normally if I were doing this with someone who wanted to speak in tongues or to prophesy, we'd be talking, we'd be going, how do you feel about that? What are you struggling to believe? Where's, where's the rubber hitting the road for you? But this is a whistle-stop tour, so I'm going to say three quick points about this. Firstly, God empowers them all in everyone. God empowers them all in everyone. We can all seek to uh, receive all of these spiritual gifts, okay? We're instructed to eagerly desire them. Our lives should be characterized by a pursuit of these spiritual gifts, especially for our corporate gathering. Because point two, God gives them for the common good, okay? This is not some sort of spiritual fix, all right? This is not for a nice tingly feeling for us. This is to build up Jesus' church. This is for the common good. This is that we would be mutually encouraged. Verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 14 also says that spiritual gifts are used for the evangelization of people who don't know Jesus yet. It talks about prophetic words being used in a setting like this and unbelievers having their lives undone uh, as, as God reveals the secrets of their heart. So this is for the building up of the church and for our evangelism. We, we are instructed to seek these. Thirdly, God apportions these as he wills. So if you like, this is the second half of the coin, that he empowers them all in everyone. So we can desire all of them, we can pursue all of them, but he apportions them to each as he wills. So this isn't like, this isn't like a McDonald's sticker collection that you're trying to get all the Monopoly pieces on the board. You might not get them all. You know, 
you're very fortunate that I've never brought a spiritual song on a Sunday morning. I don't know that I ever will. You know, that, that is not one that, that, you know, I, I pursue it, you know, do I pursue it a bit? I pursue it at home on my own. I sing sometimes on my own. But we're not necessarily going to pursue, to receive them all. I know people who have spent ages wanting the gift of tongues, sincerely desiring them, praying that they would receive the gift of tongues, and they haven't. Will they one day? I believe they will. I hope they will. But they're not a lesser Christian if they don't. You know, we're not lesser Christians if we've never prophesied, although why wouldn't we eagerly desire to when it builds up the church and when we're instructed to? You know, so these are things that we just need to just trust God in. We can, we can pursue them all. We must desire them all. We're instructed to. He empowers them all in everyone, but he also apportions them to each as he wills. So, we mustn't be like Simon the magician in Acts who thinks he can, you know, who thought he could pay to be able to do the same stuff that other people were doing. You know, we just have to trust that God's going to give us the gifts he wants to give us, and he's going to give us the gifts that he wants to give us to build up the church. As I say, that's step one. There are gifts. We are told to pursue them. So how can we have confidence that we will receive them if we pursue them and that we should use them if we do? And for that, I want to take you to Luke chapter 11 and verses 9 to 13, which says this. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? As I say, whistle-stop tour. So two points about this passage. If you ask and seek and knock, you will receive and find and it will be open to you. It is a promise. Okay? So we are told to pursue spiritual gifts. God apportions them to each as he wills. He promises that if we ask, we will receive. And so here's the second point about this passage. Because God is good... He gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask him for him. So if we want to uh, receive spiritual gifts, we come to a God who is good and who desires to give us spiritual gifts and he gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So we're encouraged through the Bible to pursue gifts. We're told what gifts we're to pursue and we are encouraged that God is good and he desires to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. As I say, that's a, a whistle-stop tour of the sort of journey I would go through with someone wanting to speak in tongues for the first time or to prophesy. But because the gift of faith is a spiritual gift, we can apply that two-step process to uh, pursuing this as well. Okay? So what I want to do now, I'm, I'm going to finish by praying. I'm going to pray and ask God that he would give us today, in Croydon Jubilee Church, the spiritual gift of faith faith for us, faith to believe that mountains will be removed for us, that the, perhaps the anxiety or the uncertainty about coming together physically will be gone, that 
The virus will go so that we can come back without fear of contract, contracting it. I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would deposit gifts of faith for you. That whatever situations may or may not be happening in your life, we don't always have a massive drama going on, do we, where we need mountains removed from in front of us. You know, if you don't have anything going on in your life where you're wanting a mountain moved, that's okay. Um, but, you know, that actually that in our lives, if there are things in front of us that, that are beyond our control, that actually we would receive that gift of faith that gives us peace, that gives us assurance that as we step out, mountains will be moved, or that mountains will be moved and we can step into uh, a new area, okay? So I'm going to pray. I'm going to encourage you to close your eyes, bow your heads if you'd like to. I will then pause for a moment to just allow you to uh, spend some time listening to God, perhaps speaking to him yourself in your heart, uh, and, and then after uh, maybe 30 seconds to a minute, I'll, I'll bring our sort of time of reflection to an end and I'll wish you well or I'll ask Jim to wish you well um, and, uh, and we will go about our weeks asking God for the spiritual gift of faith and the love to exercise it well okay yeah Father I thank you that you empower all of the gifts in everyone I thank you that you do apportion them to each one as you choose. But Lord, you instruct us to eagerly desire them, to earnestly desire them. And so we're asking this morning that you would give us the spiritual gift of faith. Holy Spirit, I pray that right now you would be giving us assurance that you'd be giving us peace, that you would give us faith, faith that moves mountains, faith that acts because it is so sure that you are backing up every action. So Holy Spirit, would you speak to us now as we speak to you? So Father, for every situation that we have just brought before you. Lord, we believe that we have received gifts of faith because you say that you give the Holy Spirit to whoever asks. So we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to leave you with one last comment before I hand over to Jim, and that is this. As with any spiritual gift, if you ask for it, you need to step out. Believe you've received it. You know, if you want to speak in tongues for the first time, at some point you have to open your mouth. You know, if you want to prophesy, at some point you need to choose to believe that what is on your heart might be from God and you need to bring it. And so if you have asked God for a spiritual gift of faith today, it may be that it's something that you can't act in, in which case I would encourage you this week to spend time praying thanking God that you have received faith that will remove that mountain. And if there is something that you can do, I want to encourage you to take a step of faith this week, believing that you've received this gift of faith, believing that as you take that step, that the mountain will be moved in front of you. 
I was encouraging to hear Bernard share earlier about being back against the wall. You know, if we've got a mountain in front of us, that, that's just as, you're just as stuck, aren't you? Um, so let's, so do take a step of faith this week as you believe that you've received gifts of faith today. And God bless you. Jim, I'll hand over to you. Thank you.